Welcome to Business Aspirin, pain relief for business. Clint Junell has managed a restoration company in Dallas since 2008 and is one of the top drying experts in his region. Clint is also the co-founder of JobDocs, a software developed to help his team manage their overwhelming volume of projects. On the podcast, Clint brings together business managers and leaders to share with you how they have overcome their business pains and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Clint Junell. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Business Aspirin. I'm your host, Clint Janelle, and today I have with me Philip Rosebook from uh, Business Mentors. Philip, how are you, my friend? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. Excited Absolutely. to be here. I'm excited to have you, man. Like a lot of knowledge. You and I have had conversations uh, at uh, shows for years, uh, and I know you have a lot mm-hmm. of information, a lot of knowledge, and I know you've helped a lot of companies find the way to get started and scale and grow and do some really spectacular things. So tell us about Philip. Okay, sure. Yeah, so I'll tell you about me from a business standpoint. We can talk about me personally at some other point. But uh, so I started out in back in 1988. I was a 17 year old kid. Uh, my father bought a restoration company as I was graduating high school, and I spent my uh, my entire professional career in restoration. But spent 10 years in the trenches. And, uh, you know, I started out at the end of a wand, what 17 year old kids do, and cleaning walls and. Uh, on call and whatever else it was. And so over a 10 year period, I filled every seat in a restoration company, I like to say, except for mold remediation, because in the early 1990s, we called it demo. Yeah, so right. it was you know, kind of a different standpoint. So at that point, um, my, it was a family business. My father sold the company in 1997. He started business mentors. I uh, hopped on board with the company that acquired us out of Denver and spent uh, about six months working with them helped them open an office in Fort Collins. And uh, at that point, um, I was kind of looking to get back home. And so uh, my father recruited me to jump on board with him. So I became a, a 27-year-old business consultant back in 1998. And uh, my father and I uh, spent about 22 years working together, traveling across North America, America companies create a vision, a plan for their business, and then walking them through that. Uh, my father retired about four years ago, and my brother's my business partner now. So we've got a group of um, industry veterans that uh, kind of help fill the hole of helping restorers define where they're going and walking them through the process. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys have done a pretty good job of that. Like you've got quite a few um, strong clients in the process of doing that. So let's talk about like you come from a new, unique perspective where you've been in restoration, you've grown a business, you've then started your own uh, consulting business and grown that and watched individuals start their businesses in restoration and be able to see, you know, business pains. Obviously business aspirin is about finding business pains and how we help our listeners navigate around those pains, identify those pains and navigate around them a little bit. So from that unique perspective, what are some of the pains that you've experienced in, in your own growth and in uh, growth of other companies that you've navigated and helped them manage through those processes. So again, so it's interesting. I had a, an interesting perspective. So that part where your hands on, I get it. Um, but the, the neat part about being in companies and traveling around and doing this so many times is everything's a little petri dish, and you get to you get to watch and see um, pains, you get the challenges, you get to see how people execute and implement success. And some, you know, you get to see the best of the best out there, what really works and what do people struggle with? So, so talk about pains. And I think that, um, you know, one of the biggest ones, I even go back to the days that we had in our restoration company was struggling with um, just 
figuring out how to make money on the jobs and making sure that, you know, I always look at and say, gosh, when you don't have a real plan for accountability, you're not tracking a plan for jobs, you're holding profits in your hands and just watching all of that slip through your fingers because you're not accountable to it. And so I think that, um, you know, it's a lack of accountability and profitability. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you're good. Keep going. Okay. So it's just that that accountability on projects and really taking advantage of those opportunities. It's hard to make money. It's hard to make money in this business. And if you're if you're not if you're not taking advantage of those opportunities in front of you, you're working really hard to to get to net profit at the end of the day. And say you're doing a um, hundred thousand or a million dollars, whatever it is, or ten million, and at the end of the day, you're hoping to make somewhere um, between five and twenty percent, whatever that whatever whatever your world is. And right. so you spend a lot of effort to get from here to there and so i think that um you know one of the, one of the biggest challenges is just being aware of where profit is around you and then also understanding the role of cash in the company so a lot of people work really hard they make profits and then they look around and say gosh where is that money and and, and you know I, I think that getting people to understand the role of cash and how cash has to flow through a company and and understanding the difference between a balance sheet and a profit and loss statement where you got lots of things that hit your balance sheet, suck up cash, paying down debt, buying equipment, paying distributions and dividends and all these other things. And so um, and not appreciating the role of cash in funding your operation, the life of your company. So, you know, I think they're, you know, a lot of not having good measurements, not having accountability. Wow, accountability is a big one. Um, a lack of leadership and leadership plan. Like, okay, here's my team and let's communicate with my team. Here's where we're going and here's how we're going to get there. So you see all of these issues and challenges kind of hitting you in a lot of different areas. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's entrepreneurial challenges. It doesn't say that it's unique to restoration. It's unique to entrepreneurs. We get up in the morning and, uh, and a lot of us are driven by the, you know, the, the phone calls and emails and the activities of the day. And so our priorities become somebody else's priorities, somebody else's yeah. urgency. So that's one of the things you help coach through, right? is how to navigate what's important, what's significant, what you need to address um, and and create a plan for these individuals on these businesses as they get inundated with the the lack of accountability, get inundated with busyness from emails and phone calls and the new work coming in. And so as a result, the the accountability to other things kind of slips through the cracks, right? That'd be something you would help with? Yeah, so sort of, uh, it's sort of like trying to um, to navigate somewhere without a roadmap. And so if you want to get to a destination, uh, wherever that destination, well, heck, most people get in the car and they don't know what their destination is. So they just start driving and they're moving. Um, I think about a, a client of ours and, uh, they, you know, they had they'd gone through some really radical growth and they were had gone from around two million to up over north of 20 or 30 million at the time. And I was talking to the guy and he says, he says, you know, before we hired business owners, we were run, running 100 miles an hour. Didn't know where we were going, but we were going 100 miles an hour. He says, now... We know where we're going. We're still running 100 miles an hour, but we know where we're going. So having that destination is so important, really thinking about what is it we're doing? What are we trying to accomplish? What are we going to achieve? Where are we going to be in in one year, two years, 10 years? You know, as you process, now all of a sudden you can start assembling your plan to get from here to there. If you don't have a plan, it's really tough to, to figure that out. And so what we do is we we kind of we'll come into a company. We'll take a look at their operations. Take a look at the people, look at their strengths, weaknesses, the the market opportunities, and then help people assemble what that plan is. And then pushing that down to the leadership team and saying, okay, let's get the leadership teams. We're all on the same page. We're all looking the same direction and moving there together. So if we're running 100 miles an hour, we're achieving things as we go. 
you find people that take you know a step forward and a step backward, step sideways, step right, step left, and trying to get to some de- destination. And and you end up you talk to these employees and they place like you know I it, it overwhelms me. And I know that if I just sit here long enough, it's all going to come back to me, and I don't have to work that hard. And so I think that being clear on where you're going and communicating that to your employees and then getting them to buy in, what, what is their plan? How, what's their role? Do they understand their responsibilities in that? And when you, um, you know, one of my, one of my books up here on the shelf, um, the Oz principle, it was written a long time ago about accountability and talk about when you have shared destinations, people know where they're going. They agree that that's their destination, their plan. You get one of two results. You get a or achievement, one or the other, right. because you knew where you're going, had agreement and buy-in. Everybody is kind of on the same page. So what's the result at the end? Excuses or achievement. Yeah, So exactly. what we do is we help them kind of clarify that, sort it out, and um, take a look at, you know, I was talking to somebody here recently, and he said, you know, I've been stuck at $3 million for four years. I just can't get over it. I can't figure out what it is. I think sometimes it's lack of uh, clarity on what 4 million looks like, what 5 million looks like, and how you're going to get from here to there. Who's doing what in the company? What are their roles and responsibilities? How are you measuring them? What are the expectations? So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot that goes to that. Uh, you know, one of the things I, uh, I talk about is sales is easy. It's, it's just process. Uh, and, and it's going to take, it's going to take a week or it's going to take 10 years. But you're gonna you're gonna follow a process, getting the job, getting the client to give you a job. If you're if you're diligent and disciplined at it, it's gonna come. The challenge is if you can't fulfill it, trying to get that client back again is really really difficult. And so we look at we're gonna sell and grow, but we gotta look at our fulfillment on the backside of it. Okay. Uh, there's there's capital requirements. There's there's um, roles and responsibilities. There's people who are responsible for getting jobs done and driving through. So. Uh, Part of it is taking that holistic view of a company and looking and saying, okay, here's the destination. Here's the pieces that are missing. How do you put those in place so we can sell and we can fulfill? We're watching cash. We have accountability. There's a lot to that because you know what? Frankly, you, you, I've been there. It's busy in restoration. Your job is your job and activities in a daily, uh, every single day can, can be overwhelming. Yeah, you know, it changes, right? My, yeah. yeah. What job, you planned on doing is... Yeah, what you plan on doing is very different than what you had to do because the phone rang and suddenly there was an all hands on deck kind of job that came through. I like what you're saying in regard to the way I referred to a lot of it or operationally was building the airplane in the air, which is yeah. similar to what you're describing. It's like, yeah, we're, we've got an airplane. We've taken off. We're now flying, uh, but we don't have a navigation system. We don't have a way to refuel. We don't have landing gear. We don't have a way to steer this plane. And we've operated in that way before, right? And it's very yeah. difficult. And so I am, I appreciate the perspective that you have in regard to going, we have to make sure that we create a plan for these individuals so they know what they're doing, know what they're looking for, know when something isn't going right. Like there's all those parts and pieces that have to fall into that. You said something yeah. though that I, I don't know that everybody would fully agree with. Um, so I want you to elaborate on it, which is sales are easy. Like a lot of the guys listening to this would be like, you've lost your mind, Philip. Like the hardest thing for me to do is get jobs coming in the door. So, so talk to yeah, that for I- me. Okay. So there's a couple of things to that. The first one is sales is a process. When sales becomes a system, it ceases to be a problem. So do we train people on sales? Are we disciplined? Do you know where we're going? I think that the problem is, is, you know, it's this big smorgasbord of things that we can do. And too many people are, are just um, overwhelmed by in front of them. 
that they don't focus on kind of what their plan is as they go through here. Okay, I want to have a little bit of salad. I want to have a little bit of vegetables. I want to have a little bit of my main dish. Um, instead, they just go through and they scoop up whatever they find and they never think about what was behind them or what's in front of them. And so you, the sales process is, so it's a process. Have you defined your sales process? What do we do? What's our first call? What's our, you know, what's our fifth call in a sequence of, of steps and activities? And so if you have a process, it is easy because we've identified where we're going. We've identified who our clients are going to be. And we've talked about internally, what is our process to get somebody from an introduction to a close? And, and again, it's so when I say it's easy, easy is, is executing a plan. It's not easy to do it for 10 years or five years or whatever you decided to do. So if, you know, if we identified municipality or a city is um, our prospect or our target, well, then we have to start doing research. We have to figure out who it is that's making the decisions. We have to figure out what their pain points are. We have to figure out what our solutions are. We have to figure out what their, maybe what their procurement process is. There's a, lot, a whole lot that goes into it. But once we figure it, figure it out, is a matter of execution we were yeah. disciplined about it we said okay can do can we fulfill what we're selling to them if we can fulfill them well frankly you know i get bothered when i'm one providing service to them that's offensive because they're not getting the service they deserve and so you know those things yes it is easy it's a process and it's a system but you have to know what you're doing as far as a follow-up as you know it's not i'm gonna go talk to them once and they give me jobs right i'm gonna go talk to them once, and then my goal from that meeting is the next meeting or an opportunity or the, uh, you know, maybe being able to do a lunch and learn or, you know, whatever it is, there's some result from each communication or each activity you have. So yeah, I, it's hard. It's, it's easy. It's hard to be disciplined to do it. It's hard yeah. to, it's hard to go work out and be in shape. Sure. You know, it's easy to be in shape. Yeah. Go exercise. Yeah. I know how to, I know how to do it. I just have to go exercise, but you know, at six o'clock when the alarm goes off and if I don't want to go to the gym, that's not easy. But the discipline of figuring yeah. out what the process is, you know, be in shape, exercise, create yeah. a plan. It's that's easy, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy to follow the easy way out. Right. And so I love the clarification there. I love you going. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. It's a process. All we got to do is establish a process and go, Hey, if you want to sell to the city that you're in, you've got to start knocking on the door and you got to be able to provide a solution to something that they have. Execute. I'm going to add something to that. plan. Go ahead. I would say, so um, I don't know if you remember the name Tom Peters. Tom Peters was a big author, speaker, guru in the 80s, 90s. And he talked about change. I think it was in his Pursuit of Wow book and audio series I listened to. And he said, change is easy. You just decide you're going to do something different and you do it. Then you try like hell every single day to be true to whatever decision you decided to do afterwards. That's the hard part. So same way. sales is easy. Then you try like hell every single day. You create a process and you're accountable to that. And that's where you achieve it. And I think that's what the, the my statement of it's easy. You just decide to do it and do it. So now pursue yeah, it. I think that's steps. right. Yeah, I love it. I think that's true. And I think that's valid. I just wanted to clarify for uh, those listening. That's like, no, it's not just work's going to fall in your door because they're all going, wait a minute. What? What is he doing different? Maybe you need to hire him. Maybe you should contact business mentors and hire them and those make the work fall on your door. Um, but I love the fact that you establish it's a process, but we can create a process. That part is simple. Establishing the process yeah. is simple. Understanding what we need to do is simple. Uh, executing on it isn't hard. Isn't difficult. Maybe what's the term I want to use there? It's not really difficult to execute. You just have to go execute. You do. Yes. And then, and then fulfillment is, is the hard part. I figure. 
Yeah. So once I've sold them, I have that account and maintaining that account, delivering what I said I was going to do. That's that's very people centric, very process centric. If I've got a whole, you know, now I need a team of people to go achieve something or get through that process. And that's where that's where I think some of the difficulty comes in. And that's why I say getting the work the second time, I don't care what process you have. You get real skeptics out there saying, man, you screwed me once. You're not going to do it again. That's right. Absolutely. You know, sometimes you get a second chance, but not not very often. Right now, in a lot of cases, depending on where they operate, if they're mostly a residential restoration company, for instance, they're not generally going to have a lot of repeat business because it's just abnormal to have repeat for that same client. It does happen. But by and large, it's a new person. If you're doing commercial, you can often have repeat on the commercial side of things with the same building, same property management company, same property owners, all that sort of thing. But I love I love the clarity in what you're saying there, um, because I think it's valuable for everybody to recognize and realize that, hey, let's go out and let's execute. And I think that's important uh, for them to do. You've had a lot of success. So unless you want to name a company and they've, you've got freedom to do that, let's talk about one of your biggest successes. What's one of your biggest successes? And then what pains did you overcome in that process to success? Yeah. Um, so, so first of all, I'm going to state from a. I, I want to also address something you said there with the uh, the residential. It's hard, you know, if you're going to go out and you're going to get a, a job from a homeowner directly, that's the hard part. A lot of times, there's a referral source. It's the agent. It's the broker. It's the adjuster. It's the property management company. That's the client that I'm going after. The ones that are going to have repeat business. That end user is is harder to get through. I mean, it's you have to. You know, everybody has, everybody owns a property or owns a home or is a renter or knows somebody who is. So that makes you the world your prospect. If you go into the end user, not saying that you can't do it. It just requires some more money. It requires more discipline or something like that. So I'll give you I'll give you a case study. There's probably a lot of it. it depends on what you're looking for. But you know, from a growth standpoint. There was a company a couple of years ago, and I'm not going to name who they are because I don't know if sure. they want their, uh, sure. their information out there. But, you know, they went from million dollars to over uh, nearly 40 million in two years. And part of what was, you know, one of the things we did early on is start defining roles and responsibilities. So the one thing I didn't do is bring, he, he was good. The owner was really good at, at finding good people. And he kept on finding good business development, marketing people. And so driving revenue was not part of what I brought to the table. It was being able to, to deal with the chaos that came from that, because you can imagine a company that went from what is okay, moderately sized to quite large, one of the, one of the top 10% in the industry, probably. And so there was a day when I was there, it was just a typical day. It was a July afternoon. They, they received 33 calls, 33 jobs. It wasn't cat based. It wasn't anything. And so you just imagine the challenges that come from that. It's overwhelming in the community. It's like just answering the phone or clarifying, trying to figure out where the jobs are, dispatching, subcontractors, getting, you know, are we going to get employees and how many, how many of those employees are going to be doing, you know, what are they going to be doing on the job? So there was a lot that came into that. You know, the, one of the, one of the, the couple that we did early on was make sure we solidified the leadership team. I made sure that the leadership team had confidence in the owner and the owner had confidence in his leadership team. The roles and responsibilities were, expect, uh, were cleared out. And the communication was, was identified. So everybody knew what everybody else was doing. And they were accountable to what they agreed. And everybody knew what, you know, one of the, what, the, what the goal was is to drive to 50 million. I don't think we knew how fast it was going to come. But the goal right. was to become the, the best in the town and to be a $50 million player. 
And now I think they're looking at saying, how do we become a million dollar, a hundred million dollar player? What does that look like? Multiple yeah. offices. And so just saying, okay, where are we going from a destination? But the real challenge is um, having a, they didn't have a CFO. So we had to bring in a CFO that said, okay, we need to be, we need to be accountable to our numbers. We had to look at the, the, their HR department needed to have accountability to it, needed to have structure around that. Um, the training program, the consistency. So identifying who's going to do, you know, when you got to a job, what needed to be done, how it needed to be done. And we deliver consistency in that. And then 16 project managers trying, you know, that's where they grew up to at the other side of it. So they started with probably six of them. We brought in a lot of coordinators so that helped with the communication part of it because the project managers were so busy out looking at the new jobs, they weren't communicating with the old clients, the ones, the existing clients. And so starting to look at where the challenges came in from that, uh, uh, we also, you know, one of the things like uh, what you do at job docs, identifying process, having right. tracking on that process, seeing how people are doing it, and then going back and looking at the numbers, having the CFO create numbers to know our break even at different departments, but then also knowing our KPIs, each department, each position, each manager. Um, one, of the, one of the things that's in there, and, and I just kind of threw up a whole bunch of stuff right there. There's You're a fine. lot in that. Sure. But, you know, each one of those, you take a look at the base of understanding where you're going, identifying your systems and process that people are going to do, right. looking at the accountability and the tracking and the measurements on the other side of it. Uh, one of the things they did, uh, as I say, is they, they, they ended up doing a, um, um, they call them goal setting and review sessions. And they did GSNRs every single week with their senior managers, but everybody down to the frontline technicians received at least, and maybe they had two, and I don't know where that number was, um, goal setting sessions every year where the frontline technicians are sitting down with their managers saying, where are you going? How are we going to get there? Uh, what kind of issues and challenges are you having? And I think we're getting some good feedback from that. So it was that communication loop. We had put in place uh, some good 360 reviews. So the managers are hearing from their employees in the field on the challenges they're having, or at least the managers, how the managers can better manage those people sure. or being and reviewed, which is, you know, that's kind of, that's scary when you open that up and you're like, okay, I'm going to allow my employees to criticize me at all the way up to the, yeah. to the owner of the company. And they all have to look at those results and they were measured and, and that's part of how they were measured and rewarded. So, so there was a whole lot to that, but it was, it's the same formula of knowing where you're going and then putting in the process to get there and then tracking your progress along the way. And then having, um, you know, they, the, their leadership team that we actually broke in their leadership team. in uh, and, and this was part of the, they, they evolved this. Um, so I got to watch how this worked. They had two leadership teams. They had a strategic leadership team and an operational leadership team. So your okay. strategic was your executive. Yeah, they had they had seven, I think seven people there. They had a, they had profit sharing tied into that, and they had a, a kind of a an equity. It wasn't equity, but it was so it was, it was a, um, uh, let's say a, a um, equity share, but it was synthetic or um, you know whatever equity. So if they benefit on the results, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, sure, fair. Yeah, and then they had the profit sharing, so they had two elements to that, and then the so then they also had another leadership team was oper which was operational. And they had coordinators in that. They had superintendents. They had more people who were executing what the leadership team was talking about. Here's what we have to go do. And then the operational team was, let's go do it. And so it was, so you didn't have that same, we're going to talk every single week as a leadership team and talk about how we're going to do stuff. So we're going to talk every other week 
And then in between, we're going to have this operational leadership team, which we're disseminating information down to them. And that was that, that was part of the result of just a really rapidly growing company that got really, really big and ways in which you could disseminate the the kind of the, the upper level process and structure down to uh, the people doing the work. Okay. So that's a lot, so, though, man. I, you know, there's, that's there's a lot of stories like that. I don't think I don't think that's going to be you know it's not a typical case like where you go you, you become a fifty million dollar company in three years that's outrageous growth there's not it, sure. there's not a lot of stories that tell like you know I, I think my favorite ones are the the companies that um, that that go from two to fifty million over twenty years or fifteen years and I've I've had one or two like that and you know that's that long process but really looking at the structure in between here and there and having, having the same, it's the same plan. It's, it's just a little more manageable in that process. So, so let's um, talk about, I, let me tell you, here was one of my favorite stories in my, in my 26 years in consulting, went to a trade show and the guy comes in and he's, he's, he's in tears. And he says, I just want, I want to thank you. You changed my life. You saved my marriage. You saved my life because I was working myself to death. I was probably going to die of a heart attack. And you gave me perspective. You it, it wasn't we helped. I don't think we helped his company grow that much. All we did is we helped elevate his team up. So he had a life. And that was really important to him. It's like, okay, I, I now have balance. Another guy sent a letter. He said, you said uh, don't get me wrong, but you just helped me have a baby. Like, <laughs> that's pretty personal. He says, I didn't have time before him. Yeah, that was really personal. Now, I didn't have time before that to think I could be a father, and now I can be a father. Those are the cool stories. Yeah, those, those are, are great, the, right? It's still the same formula, right, Glenn? It's yeah, the same absolutely. formula. So let's talk about your wheelhouse, right? So typically, when is someone coming to you? At what point, revenue-wise, job-wise, years in business, are they going, okay, like something's fractured. This is where I'm stuck. I need something and they come to you. When does that happen? So I'll just tell you that the ideal client for us is somebody that is probably at least 3 million in revenue or at least has, it depends, you know, there's a gross profit and net profit it's, it's capital based and team based. If you're doing all mitigation, it's a lower number, but you have to have, you have to have the capital to leverage. You have to have the people in order to implement a plan. If it's a, Hey, we can sit down and you're, you're in a, a sole proprietor and you've got, you're doing a million dollars worth of work and you've got four people. That's just still a lot of work back on the owner. And yeah. so, at th you know, once you got to about 3 million or if you're two and you're, you know, I talked to a guy yesterday that's, uh, that's just under, just around two. I'm like, you know what? We can really drive this to three because you're in your awkward teenage years. You're either too big to be small or too small to be big. And so you need to be through that process where you've got the people and you got the team or you have the capital. And you can invest it back in there. And this other one has the capital, so it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit of time to build the team. It's gonna cost money. Um, it's gonna it's gonna um, it has to be cash flowed. So there's a lot of stuff. We want to be part of the solution, not the problem. And if you're yeah. cash poor and you're too small, we're part of the problem now. Yeah. And so that being said, okay, people call us because they've reached the ceiling of their complexity, struggling, and they can't get beyond where they are. Uh, there, there's other people that called that one company that doubled. The owner said, "I just don't, I don't feel like a guy that could run a, a fifty million dollar company. I don't know what it looks like. I think I'm going to need to bring some people in." Like he needed that assurance. He actually can run a fifty million dollar company. Um, other people struggle with profitability 
or they just lose, just lost a couple of key people and they don't know what to do. Like, how do I build this back together? They're, they're, or, or just some people saying, you know what? I think there's something more. I need, I need some help. And, you know, I, I think that uh, you, there was a, there was a guy that, uh, that I worked with. Um, he was, I'll say, nah, I just there was a guy that I worked with and in a strategic planning session, he just starts laughing. I'm like, hey, I'll use his first name. Hey, Mark, what's what's up? Why, what are you laughing? He says, I just thought, you know, the good thing about hitting your head against the wall for so long, I said, it feels so good when you stop. <laughs> and so I think it, it was just, you know, he he had a lot of things in place, but just wasn't sure that it was all there or that he had what he needed or there was clarity on the other side of it. So, Right. Um, you know, I, th- I think that people have, they, they just get to a point where I need something else or, you know, I know there's something I want to get there faster. I don't want to learn yeah. this on my, on my, because that's expensive and it's, uh, it takes a lot of time. You know, yeah, one of the things is that people are paying for us, whether they're getting us or not, they're, they're paying for us with inefficiencies, with lost opportunities, with just, um, with, you know, there, there's costs to not bringing us in. So, you know, what, what is the, what is that pain point or what is that reality that, that you're ready to, to do something different? And I would, it takes a lot of humility because you have somebody coming in. If you bring in an outside consultant, I don't care who it is, they'd better be looking for problems in the business. So if you're going to bring somebody in, then, you know, I, I always say, I got a bright, I got a bright flashlight and I'm going to be looking in the corners and finding dust and cobwebs. And that's what you want me to do. But if you, if you can't handle that, Right. Then don't bring us in. Right. And, and I think that uh, so there's humility. And then there's also people have to have the desire and ability to change. And they have to realize most entrepreneurs have to realize that they're the problem. Sure. They're the block in the funnel. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So one of the questions I like to ask typically is what is something you wish you knew when you started? And I want to change that to with you. What do you hear from people? Like the guys that you work with, what is it they wish they knew when they started that you help provide clarity on? Wow, I'm maybe come back at it a couple of different ways. I think that um, I don't know if it's this they they didn't know it's they didn't know how to. And I think that's what I always find is people didn't know how to. One of the biggest challenges is that you you're in a company and you're like, okay, I got my team here. It's hard to find people, and I have about four people that just don't get things done. They're full of excuses. There's no accountability. And I'm afraid to let them go because I don't have anybody else. And so what happens is those companies end up turning over their really good people because they get burned out. Like, man, this, this really stinks. I'm doing all for those people that they're trying to fix to let them go. And so I think that uh, one of the things that is a surprise to a lot of people is when they finally make the decision to let somebody go, they, first of all, their employees come to them and say, man, it's about time. We're wondering when you were going to do that. And the second thing is they find that, uh, that there, there's a lot of things that kind of get cleaned up along in that process. You put up sure. with a lot and there's a lot of stuff going on that you didn't realize or that you didn't want to realize that were going on in your business. Yeah. I think the reality is in that situation, do you want years of pain or do you want 36 hours of pain? It's going to stick for a little bit, right? <laughs> Either way. But which which pain do you want? Do you want the long-term pain? Or do you want to just rip the bandaid off and be done with it and move on down the road? Uh, and But that's hard to do, yeah. right? Especially when you're like, well, we've got all this work going on. We need to be doing this. I don't have enough people. It's hard to find people. I get it. There's a personal part of that too. It's, it's, an, I don't, you know, I don't like to let people go. And in, in, in my 26 years, I think I've been directly involved with early on just saying, get rid of them. 
because part of the problem, I, I didn't hire them. Right. I didn't manage them. I didn't set expectations. Maybe they didn't get the tools they needed. So they're there. They have a family. That family has needs and your business is help from helping fill those. So you, I think as a business owner, you have to be a sort of those resources. And so, yeah, maybe maybe they didn't have, they, they didn't get what they needed. So, okay, let's give them what they need real clear. Expectations, training, whatever it is, and hold them accountable to it. And then a lot of times, so I said, I don't let people go. There's been the, the one time that I remember I had an, a late afternoon meeting with some. The next morning, she never showed up. And then she called in that next afternoon and just said, I can't do it. Sure. And so so people people will work this job. They don't like the accountability. They don't like having to perform. They don't like, you know, everything that comes along with that. And so they'll walk themselves out the door, which is which is fine. It's frustrating as it happens. You're like, God, we couldn't have done that earlier. So, right. you know, there's a right. lot to it. Sure. But, um, yeah. Sure. Well, I appreciate that answer. Uh, I'm grateful for your feedback in regard to that. Um, I want to be mindful of your time. Like we set it up for a 30 minute time block. Uh, we're just over that at this point. Um, so I want to ask you though, is there anything you would want to say to anyone listening to a podcast that's trying to reach that next milestone or thinking about jumping into business that we haven't kind of touched on, you haven't brought up already that would be like, I think this is key for everyone to hear. So uh, I, I, one of the things I think is really important, I think people overlook, is having real good, solid, quantifiable measurements in your company. So understanding, whether from a financial standpoint or from all of your direct management reports, the things you're going to get from job docs or the other products that are out there, the things you get out of QuickBooks, take those numbers seriously and look at the quantifiable reports because without that, you're a really subjective manager. And so no matter what size you are, if you're if you're a startup or if you've been in this for 10 years and you're doing $100 million, have solid numbers. Right. That makes you very objective manager. Without that, you're a subjective manager. You don't know what's going on in your company. You don't know whether you're succeeding or failing because your numbers aren't accurate. And there's so many people I talk to like, oh yeah, my CPA tells me, tells me about my numbers every quarter. Wow. That's scary. And you should know about them every day. You should yeah. know about your key numbers and metrics that are influencing your ability to stay alive as a business or to succeed and thrive as a business and really know what they mean and then know how your people are performing. Don't people want to have some feedback? They want to they want to be told how they're doing and how they can do better and how they can make more money. And so all those things say have good quantifiable measurements in your company from day one and then have a good strategic plan. Um, who's Thomas Watson, who, who uh, when he founded IBM, said that uh, the day that you think the day you should start thinking about selling your business is the day you start your business. The day you open it up, you should think about selling it, not because you want to know how to uh, what your price is or anything. Else. It's what your do you have a saleable company? Do you have a company somebody right. want to buy? And so the E-Myth talks about that a lot. The E-Myth, the, the E-Myth Revisited, Michael Gerber, he talks about building structure in your company and systems and process and job descriptions and roles and expectations and having clarity. And so think about where you're going in your company. Have a plan. Communicate to your team where you're going and how you're going to get there, what their expectations are, and have clarity on that. And then report back and consistently provide feedback. Here's how you're yeah, doing and here's true. how you can do better. Here's how you're doing and I appreciate you. Thank you for your great work and celebrate. Yeah, because what gets measured gets improved, right? If we're not measuring it, we're not mm -hmm. monitoring it, we're not feeding back on it, then who knows what's happening there, right? We're certain to get where we're going if we don't know where it is we're going. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Man, well, I appreciate it. Um, I'm grateful for your time. Um, hopefully yeah. some people will listen to this and get the great information that you've provided uh, and be able to find you. We'll make sure we, we promote it, that there's some uh, contact information to get with you guys at Business Mentors. But um, what, what, tell me real quick, what's your website? How do they get in touch with you anyway? And that way we've got it on here. Perfect. Uh, website, businessmentors.net. Um, the email is philip at businessmentors.net. And uh, you can find me on social media on LinkedIn. Uh, I spend a lot of time over there. So you can find me on LinkedIn and all my contact information is on the website and through there. So philip at businessmentors.net with two L's. And uh, if there's any other challenges getting hold of me, check in with Clint. Yeah, you with us, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> check us out. We'll get you connected. But uh, certainly valuable at a certain place in your uh, company and your growth cycle to make sure you have someone that's leading you in the right direction. Because it's really hard to fumble through it on your own. And and honestly, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it fast. And doing it fast requires somebody that has ability to pull the blind spots and see them for you and help you navigate those pieces. So, man, I am grateful to have you on. Uh, and uh, I look forward to this and getting published and getting podcasted out there. And uh, we'll be in touch. Super. Thank you very much, Clint. And I appreciate you having me here. Yeah, thanks for your time. We'll see you later. This has been a Business Aspirin, pain relief for business podcast. If you're a business owner trying to overcome your business pains, follow us on Apple Podcasts or visit our website for more information, job-docs.com.